This is Hart Hagen, and today's topic is Hart's Take on COVID-19. I'm going to be reading from a paper that I wrote. The paper is 10 pages long and 3,000 words about my take on COVID-19 and the vaccines especially and early treatment. This is not medical advice. Please consult your physician. But also, please consult some of the resources I'll be sharing with you. People who have a dissenting viewpoint on the whole COVID-19 story. So here are some of those resources. I want you to access Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s book called The Real Anthony Fauci, Bill Gates, Big Pharma, and the War on Democracy and Public Health. Also, The Truth About COVID-19 by Dr. Joseph Merkula. And I want you to get to know some of the doctors in this space. Dr. Robert Malone, Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Pierre Corey, Dr. Tess Laurie. Laurie is L-A-W-R-I-E. And I have three more websites that are well worth accessing. One is the Frontline COVID-19 Critical Care Alliance. If you just type in FLCCC, you will get there. These are doctors who believe in early treatment of COVID-19, and they have treatment protocols. They have protocols for long COVID. They have protocols for early outpatient treatment of COVID-19. They have protocols for hospital treatment of COVID-19. So you'll find such protocols at FLCCC and also at AAPS, American Association of Physicians and Surgeons. They have protocols for early treatment. And there's the Global COVID Summit, which has early treatment protocols. If you need help with any of this, just email me at info at theclimatereport.net, and I'll help you out. I'll send you the paper that I'll be reading from, Heart's Take on COVID-19. And again, I'm not telling you what to do about your COVID-19 care, but I'm giving you resources that I would like for you to access and then work with your doctor on these things. One more, Dr. Peter McCullough, The McCullough Report is a podcast on Apple Podcasts. If you search for The McCullough Report, you will get that free podcast. Dr. Peter McCullough should be a household name. He is very well-published, well-researched. He's published 650 papers that are in the National Library of Medicine. He has healed thousands of people from COVID-19. He is a strong advocate of early treatment, and that's the conversation that has been missing from this pandemic. We need to be talking about early treatment, and we need to be getting our information from doctors who, unlike Anthony Fauci, are going to tell you how to manage the early treatment of COVID-19. I mean, currently in the news, they have all this, you know, the all this sensationalistic news coverage about how hospitals are overflowing with people with COVID. But, you know, Peter McCullough says what we should have been doing all along is keeping people out of the hospital by treating them early. Now, I've loaded you up with a bunch of resources. Why am I doing this? Because people are going to ask for scientific proof. 
And I can't give you scientific proof every step of the way, but I can tell you where I'm getting my information. You go look at the same resources and decide for yourself. But there's a really dysfunctional conversation occurring in the U.S. today and around the world. And it's where anybody that goes against the narrative that we're hearing from Anthony Fauci, anybody that goes against the narrative that you get from the pharma-sponsored mainstream corporate news media they ask you for for scientific proof for every single point and nobody can do that i mean the people that are asking you for proof are not bringing proof the people that are asking you for scientific analysis are not bringing scientific analysis so there's a whole lot of hypocrisy there's a whole lot of authoritarianism and as a result, a great many people are dying from COVID that need not die from COVID. And plus, there are a great many people that are being harmed by vaccines that have not been proven to be safe. In fact, we know that these vaccines are unsafe because of the number of people who have been injured by the vaccines. So this is the second episode in this series. Let me briefly review what we talked about last time. I said, my topic is COVID-19 and our response to it. My purpose is to cast doubt on the prevailing narrative and to do so using science, logic, online research, and personal observation. So last time I started with my story and, I, and then I got into the evidence. My story is I've been following the rules. I was wearing masks. I was doing social distancing. I had my uh, Pfizer vaccines in April of 2021. But then after we got those vaccines, it's like, hey, that didn't work. We have to get more vaccines. And that didn't work. We've got to get more vaccines. So I'm asking, by what measure are these vaccines a success? By what definition are they even vaccines? Because according to Dr. Peter McCullough, it's a vaccine, by definition, if it's 50% effective and if it lasts at least a year. Polio vaccines last a lifetime. Measles, mumps, and rubella last a lifetime. Tetanus lasts 10 years. Why are we calling these things vaccines if you have to get them every six months or more? So last time I talked about how top doctors are going against the official narrative. I talked about what are we expected to believe about the COVID vaccines and what is the truth about the COVID vaccines. Then I got into what are we expected to believe about vaccine mandates and then what is the truth about the vaccine mandates. So let me start back with what are we expected to believe about the vaccine mandates as opposed to the vaccines themselves. So the vaccines are supposed to be safe, they're supposed to be effective. We're finding out, if you, if you go looking, you're not going to find it from the mainstream news or from much of social media, but if you go looking, you'll find out the vaccines are not safe and you'll start to cast doubt on whether the vaccines are effective and I guess I should pause to say that the opinions you're hearing are mine alone, and they're not the opinions of Forward Radio or any of the other Forward Radio programmers. They're my opinions and mine alone, except insofar as I've derived my opinions from the resources that I've given you. Doctors who are actually healing people. Dr. Robert Malone, Dr. Pierre Corey, Dr. Tess Laurie. 
Dr. Peter McCullough. So we're supposed to believe that our health, you know, as far as vaccine mandates go, we're supposed to believe that our health as individuals and as a society depends on universal vaccination. We're supposed to believe that science supports universal vaccination. We're supposed to believe that the benefits of vaccination are so overwhelmingly obvious that all reasonable, informed, and objective people should want to get vaccinated. We're supposed to believe that vaccine mandates are obviously necessary and beneficial. Emphasis on the word obviously. I mean, everybody knows this. We're supposed to believe that only irrational people, selfish people, and political extremists are resistant to COVID vaccines. And we're supposed to believe that all real scientists unconditionally support universal vaccination. I'm here to say that none of the above is true. What I believe, and this is only Hart Hagen's opinion, is that the uh, universal vaccination is in fact bad for our health as a society because it's not the best way to achieve herd immunity and because the vaccines will cause more harm than good. This is partly based on, this is what Dr. Peter McCullough is saying. This is what Dr. Robert Malone is saying and all the doctors who believe in and advocate and practice early treatment are saying, WTF, why are we not treating people early? And early treatment is not part of the mainstream narrative. Anthony Fauci is not talking about early treatment. The cable news that wants to fearmonger about COVID is not talking about ways to cure COVID-19. Item number two, what we're supposed to believe about vaccine man, or item number two, which is closer to the truth about vaccine mandates is the science actually shows a multitude of health problems associated with the vaccines. You need to hear the November 2nd Senate testimony where 10 victims of vaccine are allowed to testify. And part of the testimony is that you know how tragic their injuries are part of the testimony is how the pharmaceutical companies are not doing their job so you have pharmaceutical companies that are sponsoring the research they are not objective and if you get injured by the vaccine you have especially in the trials if you're in a trial you get injured by a vaccine you're supposed to approach the doctor who is in charge of that trial well these doctors have stopped interacting with the people who have been injured by the vaccine or if it's a vaccine injury that's not part of a trial it's just part of the major rollout the cdc is not interacting with people not following up with people who have been injured by the vaccines we as a country have abandoned the people who have been injured by the vaccines and the pharmaceutical companies are immune from liability. Why are these companies immune from liability? These companies have made countless billions of dollars. I heard a stat that said, you know, 60 billion, take Pfizer and Moderna, put them together, then it's $60 billion. And why are they immune 
from liability. It's because of a law passed in 1990-something that said these you know, drugs are unavoidably unsafe, so you can't sue. You can't sue us. Anyway, item number three under the truth about the vaccines is, is that medical science can and does cure people without the use of vaccines. So medical science, doctors like Peter McCullough, doctors like Pierre Corey, doctors like Tess Laurie are healing people without the use of vaccines. Furthermore, they are slowing the spread of the virus without the use of vaccines. You don't hear about this in the mainstream media coverage. And if you say anything like this on social media, you're likely to get censored, deplatformed. Dr. Robert Malone was deplatformed from Twitter. One of the most qualified vaccinologists in the world, Dr. Robert Malone, MD, has been deplatformed from Twitter because he was saying the wrong thing. So if that information is getting censored, how are we supposed to know the truth if half of the truth is being censored? Item number four under the truth about vaccine mandates is med medical science can prevent the spread of COVID much more safely than the vaccine with antiviral drugs like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. Now I'm basing this on what I'm not the expert. I'm basing this on what I'm getting from Robert Malone, Peter McCullough, Tess Lowry. Tess Lowry did a comprehensive study, a meta-analysis, a Cochrane review, which is a very rigorous review of the scientific literature. And what she concluded from that is that ivermectin is it tends to save like 60% of the life. When it's used, it saves a life 60% of the time. Or, and, and also, uh, it, it also has a prophylactic or preventative effect to the tune of 92%. So healthcare workers who took ivermectin, not even every day, not even every week, but they took ivermectin periodically, then that, that would prevent them from getting the disease the, the virus, as opposed to those who did not take it at all. So the doctors who know what they're talking about, uh, Peter McCullough, uh, Tess Lorry, Robert Malone, uh, these, uh, Pierre Corey, these people are saying that the pandemic could have ended a long time ago if we were treating people. But we're not treating people because Fauci doesn't believe in treatment. He doesn't talk about treatment. And he and the state licensure boards are going against doctors who prescribe medicines that are actually healing people and curing people because those inexpensive, off-label prescriptions are competition for the people that just want to sell vaccines and want to sell profitable patented drugs like remdesivir and molnupiravir. So item number four about the truth of vaccine mandates is that medical science can prevent the spread of COVID much more safely than the vaccine and with antiviral drugs like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. But these drugs are being artificially suppressed by Fauci, by Big Pharma, and by the medical establishment. 
I cannot prove this to anybody who is not willing to do their own investigation. I've, and, and, but you can get Robert Kennedy's book for $2.99 on Kindle, and you can start your own investigation. Not that that's the only good source, but it is a good source. And I've found that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Friends of mine who I know in person and on social media, they just can't be bothered to look into it and make up their own minds. But if you read Robert Kennedy's book, The Real Anthony Fauci, you will see just abundant evidence that effective, safe, inexpensive drugs are being artificially suppressed by Fauci, by the CDC, by the NIH, by the medical establishment, by research hospitals, and the doctors who know what's going on are saying this is criminal. It's not only unethical, it's criminal. Item number five about the truth of vaccine mandates is that people who resist the vaccines are doing so with good reason, whether it's based on instinct or investigation. The people that are risking, risk, uh, resisting the vaccines are not doing so because they're crazy or because they're unethical or because they don't care about the health of other people or they don't care when people get sick and die from COVID. They're doing it on the basis of, for ethical reasons, for medical reasons, because they've done their own independent investigation and they trust the people who are, they trust the doctors that are actually healing people. Item number six on, under the truth about vaccine mandates is that a number of real scientists and real doctors are strongly opposed to universal vaccination. There was a fellow programmer with Forward Radio who contacted me and, and he, he, he he gave this like condescending, browbeating arguments about why a, a previous episode was telling a bunch of lies and was fringe science, and yet he couldn't produce any science. He was just calling names, conspiracy theorist, fringe science. Dr. Robert Malone is not a real doctor. Dr. Peter McCullough is not a real doctor. Dr. Tess Laurie, Dr. Pierre Corey are not real doctors. But I'm here to tell you that well-researched, successful doctors who are actually treating people, actually healing people, are saying that not only are the vaccines a bad idea, but certainly the vaccine mandates are a bad idea. Continuing to read in my paper called Heart's Take on COVID-19, you get to a section that says, I can send this to you, info at theclimatereport.net. I can send this to you. But uh, does vaccination prevent the spread of COVID-19? So the prevailing narrative holds that when vaccination rates go up, the spread of the virus should go down. CDC Director Rochelle P. Lewinsky, Walensky, MD, called this a pandemic of the unvaccinated. We continue to have a pandemic because of all these unvaccinated people. This assumption is deeply ingrained in our collective mindset, despite all the evidence to the contrary. For example, this study, and I link to a study in the European Journal of Epidemiology. That now we're getting to some serious science here, okay. 
This, uh, this study published in the European Journal of Epidemiology studied 68 countries and almost 3,000 U.S. counties and found that vaccination does not correlate to the number of new cases. You would expect that the more you vaccinate, the lower rate of new cases. But this study found that there is no, that there's either no correlation or a slight positive correlation. In other words, more vaccination corresponds to more new cases. It should be less. More vaccination could sport, course, should correspond to less new cases. And this, this was pre-Omicron. We know that Omicron is spreading rapidly, but this is before Omicron. It's back, this was published in September. So you would expect the vaccinations to slow the spread, but the vaccinations are not slowing the spread. Everybody admits this now. But the propaganda is so overwhelming that you know most people continue to believe that the vaccination is going to slow the spread. A vaccination should, if I get vaccinated, it should be less likely that I get infected, but that's not the case, according to this study. And if I get a vaccination, it should be less likely that I transmit the disease to somebody else. But this study of 68 countries and th almost 3,000 U.S. counties show that that is just not the case. This was published in the European Journal of Epidemiology, volume 36, in 2021. So why are we supposed to believe that vaccination lowers the number of new cases? It's hard to find even one example of a country where this is true, and, many, and there are many examples to the contrary. If you read Robert F. Kennedy's book, you know, he covers a lot of different countries and the state of Vermont, uh, countries like Gibraltar and Singapore and Israel and Wales, Scotland, England, Ireland. And by the way, the UK tends to keep pretty good data, more so than almost any other country. The state of data in the US is despicable and deplorable. We're not keeping good data. You would think if Fauci is going to give out $7.7 .7 billion a year, that he would be able to spend some of that money on good data keeping, but he can't be bothered because he's not about public health. He is about peddling profitable pharmaceuticals. That's another conversation, but that's something that you will find out if you access some of the resources I've shared with you. So the most highly vaccinated countries in the world, such as Israel, Singapore, Gibraltar, Ireland, are experiencing high infection rates. And some of the low, again, this is before Omicron, but in some of the lowest vaccination country, some of the lowest vaccinated countries in the world have had surprisingly low numbers of hospitalization, serious illness, and death from COVID-19. Nigeria is one such example. I mean, these are country, countries that have less than 1% of the 
infection rates, hospitalization rates, death rates as the United States. I mean, why are we following the advice of the public health officials who have given us some of the worst public health outcomes in the world? I repeat, why are we following the advice of the public officials that have given us some of the worst public health outcomes in the world? There are countries that have done almost nothing and have much better outcomes than we do. Continuing to read in my handy-dandy paper, is the vaccine safe? So 14-year-old Maddie DeGaray, if you want to look her up, M-A-D-D-I-E-D-E-G-A-R-A-Y, look her up, but be prepared for a lot of propaganda and misinformation. I can give you accurate reportage of Maddie DeGaray if you'll contact me at info at theclimatereport.net. So Maddie DeGaray volunteered for Pfizer's original trial. She experienced neurological damage and a spinal cord injury. Now she is in a wheelchair for life and eats out of a feeding tube. She had been a perfectly healthy young woman whose life is forever changed by the vaccine. Maddie is just one of thousands of people injured. Kyle Warner was a three-time North American mountain biking champion. His career is over, at least for now, because of myocarditis caused by the vaccine. So myocarditis and pericarditis are related. They're swelling of the heart tissue, the lining of the heart, and or the, the, uh, the musculature of the heart. It's a serious illness. It can cause cardiac arrest. And Kyle Warner was a perfectly healthy young man. He got severely injured by the vaccine, and his country has abandoned him. And then there's Doug Cameron, who is a farm manager, is in a wheelchair for life. He was a 64-year-old, a healthy 64-year-old farm manager. He's in a wheelchair for life because of a case of transverse myelitis. And again, Doug Cameron has been abandoned by our government, abandoned by the pharmaceutical companies who injured him. There are no, you can't sue, he can't sue. None of these people can sue for their injuries because the pharmaceutical companies that are making billions of dollars off of these vaccines that were developed mostly at public expense are immune from lawsuit. So I've got about another minute to go. This is why we need to look into this. This is why you can't rely on the mainstream media. You're going to get a series of half-truths, even from the best media outlets. Besides, it's pretty much one uniform narrative unless you go to the non-commercial outlets like these podcasts that I'm telling you about or like Robert F. Kennedy's book is basically non-commercial. So my main point is that we are in it deep, if you know what I mean. We are being forced to take vaccines that are not safe. Some people are being forced by their employers. Some people are being forced because if you're a healthcare worker and you get Medicare and Medicaid money, then you're being forced. Athletes are being forced. And these vaccines, again, in my opinion, only my opinion, but according to top doctors, the vaccines are unsafe, deeply unsafe, and deeply ineffective. They don't do anything like what they're supposed to do. 
They are injuring many, many people. They're injuring people by the thousands. In the next episode, we'll get into some of the numbers of people who have been injured. But somebody like Dr. Peter McCullough says way more people are being injured by the vaccine than are injured by COVID. We need to be treating people. We need to be treating people on an individualized basis. It's not one size fits all. The vaccine is a one size fits all remedy for a a situation where one size does not fit all. Got to leave it at that. Thank you very much for joining me. Hope you come back soon. I hope this has been helpful and beneficial and informative. Thank you.